I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, I had to take some big little action to wash the sharp taste out of my mouth from a rare misfire from HBO. I'm Jeff Braun. I'll review a movie set a long time ago in a galaxy not very far away. And one of the biggest movies of 2018 comes home. First, it's the news from the couch. We got our first look this week at Quentin Tarantino's new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. To my right is Bounty Law series lead and Jake Cahill himself, Rick Dalton. And to my left is Rick stunt double Cliff Booth. So, Rick, uh, explain to the audience exactly what it is a stunt double does. Actors are required to do a, a lot of dangerous stuff. Cliff here is meant to help carry the load. Is that uh, how you describe your job, Cliff? What, carrying his load? Yeah, it's about right. Leonardo DiCaprio plays Rick Dalton, a Hollywood actor in the 1960s. Brad Pitt plays his stunt double. The teaser trailer leader doesn't really say what the movie's about, but it looks like they have some Hollywood adventures. They do meet Bruce Lee at one point. My hands are registered as lethal weapons. We get into a fight, I accidentally kill you. I go to jail. Anybody accidentally kills anybody in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. Margot Robbie plays Sharon Tate, and there's a Charles Manson character in it as well, so it's not all fun and games. Tarantino has also, of course, messed with history before. His inglorious bastards killed Hitler in a movie theater, which isn't really what happened. The point being, anything can happen in a Tarantino movie, and you'll never see it coming. The movie also stars the late great Luke Perry, Timothy Oliphant, Dakota Fanning, Al Pacino, Tim Roth, Damian Lewis, James Marsden, Scoot McNary, Rumor Willis, Michael Madsen, James Remar, Kurt Russell, and many, many more. Can't wait. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes out July 26th. That was the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life. Thank you. So this has also been advertised as the ninth movie from yes. Quentin Tarantino, right? The Hateful Eight was advertised as the eighth movie. Because ah. he said... After 10, he's done. Retiring after 10. Really? Yeah. Now, he's can be kind of flaky, so he could change his mind at any moment. And also, the math doesn't add up, and no one can seem to figure it out. Because either the two Kill Bills count as one movie, uh-huh. or the thing from uh, the double feature thing. Grindhouse? Yeah. The, what was that called? Death Proof. Yeah. Doesn't count at all. Okay. Because if you count the two bills separately and Death Proof as a movie, then it already adds up to 10. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. So, so I, I, yeah. I still haven't seen Django Unchained from 2012. Really? And, or I, and I haven't seen The Hateful Eight any? from 20... That was 2015 already? Time is going by very quickly now. Now Good that we're Lord. in our 40s, Brett, it, <laughs> it's just like a snap of the finger, just like mom and dad said it would. Yeah, no, if you ever want to watch those, I got them. I'll lend them to you anytime. I like Django more and more. Every time I watch it, I like it more and more. That's a really good one. How many times have you seen it? it probably five. My God. Yeah. I keep meaning to go back. I want to watch Inglorious Bastards again. Never got around to that. Although I've seen Death Proof like five times. Really? That one I've only ever seen once at the theater, and I didn't really like it, but I should watch it again. I actually, after I watched this trailer like five times yesterday, I thought, you know what? I should watch all the Tarantinos again, because I haven't, those older ones I haven't seen in years. Like, uh, and Jackie Brown's been one of my favorite, but I haven't watched it in 10 years I've been. That's a lot of dialogue to consume if you do it all back to back to back to back to back. Uh, that's 
because there's a lot of curse words to listen to as well. It's almost too much. Well, hey, let's go from <laughs> curse words and Tarantino carnage to something a bit more family-friendly. Everyone, Bonnie made a friend in class. What a oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Ah. <gasps> He's a spork. Yes, yeah, I know. Disney Pixar unveiled the first trailer for Toy Story 4 this week. First off, speaking about time going by, can you believe it's been 24 years since that first one? That is crazy. 1995. That's the year I graduated high school. Now I suddenly feel terribly old. The kids that, oh, what, people are have, are bringing their kids to movies after being kids at the first one at this point. Yeah, 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 for sure. Toy Story 2 arrived in 1999. The third one in 2010, that was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. That was a good movie. It was excellent. And now we have Toy Story 4, which sees our toys with a new child, as we saw in Toy Story 3, passing from Andy to Bonnie. And Bonnie has a new toy. As you heard, she made one. His name is Forky. She made him out of a spork. Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie right now. We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Woody, we have a situation. I am not a toy. I was made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. Buzz, we've got to get Forky. Affirmative. alive. You're Bonnie's toy. You are going to help create happy memories that will last for the rest of her life. Uh-huh. What? Oh. Forky, by the way, Jeff, you'll be happy about this. Voiced by Tony Hale from Arrested Development and that's Veep awesome. fame. Yeah, yeah. Is he still on Veep? Yep, uh, that's coming back. When's that coming back? Next month, I think, for the final season. He's very good on that. The rest of the main cast is all back. Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, etc. Annie Potts is along for the ride as Bo Peep, a long-lost toy friend of Woody's. Bo! What are you doing here? No time to explain. Come with me. We need to get back to our kid. Aw, Sheriff Woody, always coming to the rescue. Bonnie needs Forky. Woody, who needs a kid's room when you can have all of this? Wow. Woody, aren't we going to Bonnie? Seems Bo Peep now lives at an amusement park, and Woody is questioning what kind of life he wants. These movies are always amazing. Toy Story 4 debuts June 21st. Kids lose their toys every day. I was made to help a child. I don't remember it being this hard. Woody, somebody's whispering in your ear. Everything's gonna be okay. fact to follow with Toy Story 3. That movie was so amazing. I cried like a baby watching that. Yeah, I, I barely remember it, but I remember liking it a whole lot. Uh, of note, we heard someone say Kaboom at the beginning of that last clip. That's Captain Kaboom voiced by Keanu Reeves. Uh, come on! Uh, yeah, I think I think it's like, <laughs> the details are scarce, you know, they want to keep things under wraps, but I think it's sort of like a Vin Diesel in the Guardians of the Galaxy situation where he may just say Kaboom, and that's it. Kind nice. Of, yeah. Well, it's been a Kaboom kind of week for Keanu. He is having a heck of a week. A new trailer for John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, just came out. You have no idea what's coming. Mr. Wick broke the rules. I trust you understand the repercussions if he survives. 
John Wick, excommunicado, is now in effect. You shouldn't be here. Nice suit. Good to see you too. John Wick is on the run from all the other hitmen in their little assassin universe in Chapter 3, so he seeks help from Halle Berry, who shoots him on sight and is generally not happy to see him. He also returns to the Continental, hoping that Ian McShane and Lance Reddick will help him. Our services still off limits to me. What do you need? Guns. Lots of guns. Like the other two John Wicks, this story in this, I'm sure, will be secondary to the action. We paid for funny, badass kills and headshots. The second trailer shows a lot more than the first trailer. I hope they're saving some for the movie. You sometimes get into that thing where they just put too much into the trailers. John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, blasts its way into theaters May 17th. All of this for what? Because of a puppy? Wasn't just a puppy. I don't know if I'm more excited for John Wick Chapter 3 or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I would have guessed John Wick Chapter 3. I think so, too. But it's going to be, you know, the third of the same. And with Tarantino, it's a bit of a wild card. You really don't know what you're getting into, which is always exciting. Yeah. I I, I haven't even watched the trailer yet for that Tarantino thing. I should probably get around to it. It's weird. It. And it doesn't... You have no idea what the movie's going to be about with it. So, either way, two great movies coming this summer. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but there was news this week about Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Socrates. Hey, we know that name. Yeah. Hey, look him up. Oh, it's under Socrates. Oh, yeah. Socrates. When I was cutting this clip this morning, I was like, oh, so that's why I say Socrates every single time I see the word Socrates. Really? Yeah. Is that from Bill and Ted? Yeah, and I totally forgot about it. But I do that, so it must be because I watched (laughs) this when I was an impressionable 13-year-old boy. Anyways, Keanu Reeves back for this one, too, and Alex Winter got together. They posted a video on social media this week announcing that Bill and Ted 3, called Bill and Ted Face the Music, will start filming this summer. Hi, I'm Alex Winter. And I'm Keanu Reeves. And together, we are Wild Stallions. And we are here at the Hollywood Bowl, where we'll never play. Never play. Oh. But we're here to announce something. Yes. We want to say thank you to you, the fans. We do. Because it looks like we might... Actually... Hopefully... Make a movie this summer. Bill and Ted 3. Face the music. Yes. And it is all because of you guys, and so we owe you a huge debt of gratitude, and we wanted to say thank you. Thank you. And be excellent. Be excellent. The first Bill and Ted came out in 1989. It's a story of two stoner high school kids who find a time machine to meet characters from the history books in order to pass their history test. Made $40 million on a $10 million budget. Not bad. And then was a home video staple for a lot of kids our age. It's at 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it basically introduced the world to Keanu Reeves. Then Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was followed by a sequel in 1991 called Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which had double the budget but made two million fewer dollars. It's at 50 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think the best thing about that sequel was the soundtrack. Hell, 
Megadeth's Go to Hell. That's a good song. Uh, a lot of other good metal on that one. I remember there's a good song from Primus and a good song from Faith No More. Anyways, Bill and Ted Face the Music slated for release August 21st, 2020. And coming up next, we'll tell you about one more big trailer that debuted this week, and it has a weird tie-in with something else that is making its debut this weekend in terms of The Crew. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes, continuing with one more piece for the news from the couch. We're not kids anymore. I mean, what did you think? We're just going to sit in my basement all day? Play games for the rest of our lives? Netflix has released the first trailer for Stranger Things 3, the smash hit show set in the 1980s surrounding a bunch of kids who battle monsters from another dimension, sort of came out of nowhere in July 2016, inspired by things like The Goonies, E.T., Stephen King's It, and it quickly became one of the biggest hits of the year. Season 2 arrived in October 2017, and it ended on a rather ominous note, indicating while the battle had been won, the war was far from over. It is important to me that you feel safe. I want you to feel like this can still be your home. Everyone's back. David Harbour, Winona Ryder, all the kids. And this year, Carrie Owes is the mayor of Hawkins, Indiana. Happy Fourth of July! He's the Dread Pirate Roberts. I didn't even recognize him in that trailer. Yeah. This, when you said Carrie was just, I was like, huh? Yeah, it was a blink and you miss it kind oh, of moment. Okay. Cool. I liked the first season, but thought it was too long. Should have been four episodes, not eight. I liked the second season, but again, it suffered from the Netflix bloat as well. It was nine episodes, probably could have been six. However, the kids in the cast are truly amazing, and the show is just fun. Stranger Things 3 arrives July 4th. <laughs> <laughs> How many children are you friends with? Can't remember. Have you watched The Stranger Things? Oh yeah, I enjoy The Stranger Things. I, I wish, I, I wish it was just the show, but without the scary stuff. Yeah, which is, I mean is the whole point of the show. But I like the the small town in the '80s kind of vibe or whatever with the kids because I was a kid in the '80s in a small town, so. There's some pretty gross stuff in the trailer for this. Yeah. The monster they show at the end, I was like, come on. Why, why must we do like this? So I don't know if I'll have to watch it on a series of Sunday mornings after the sun comes up or something like that. But I don't know. Windows wide open. I don't know what to do about the movie Us either, by the way. Mm. You have to go see that and tell me how gross it is. I don't know, man. You went to There's see a, Jordan Get Out a couple of years but ago. This looks like it's going to be scarier, and she's got like a pair of scissors in one of the posters, and mm. that can't be good. So. Okay. Anyways. I do want to check that one out, so hopefully I'll have a review for that one soon. Although I still got to go see How to Train Your Dragon 3. I still got to go see Cat to Marvel. <sighs> Too much stuff. We're busy. Lots of stuff coming to home video this week as well. Including this. We are drinking to new life. Tish gonna have Fonny's baby. <laughs> I hope it's a boy. <laughs> Come on over here, daughter. You're a good girl, and I'm proud of you. Don't you ever forget it. And who's gonna be responsible for this baby? The father and the mother. Why don't hold you in my arms? I gotta hold our baby in my arms. We'll find a way. 
If Beale Street could talk from Barry Jenkins, who uh, made a Moonlight a couple years ago, this thing sort of got shafted at the Oscars. It should have been a Best Picture contender, but Regina King did win Best Supporting Actress, and I highly, highly recommend If Beale Street Could Talk. That's coming to Blu-ray and DVD on Tuesday, as is Aquaman, one of the better Warner Brothers or DCEU. Is that right? What you can yeah. It helps if I turn my microphone on, but yeah. here, let me just play, let me stop that and you do this. Man, you cannot marry a woman without gills. You're from two different worlds. Oh, I've wasted my life. Nice. <laughs> Hard to talk about Aquaman without playing that classic Simpsons clip. And it's not a waste of life to watch Aquaman. We both really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I thought it was it, it too was way too long. And the honest trailers uh, just released, I think, this week yep. on YouTube, and it points out all of the ridiculous things about the movie. And it's so bang on. I remember watching it, thinking <laughs> there is just too much in this movie. It was so weird, but it was fun, and yeah. it had some really innovative action. So I will happily watch it again. Warner Brothers sent us a Blu-ray for that, yeah. so we'll check that out. Yeah, I thought it was kind of silly but I enjoyed it the whole time but there's just so much stuff and it's like oh my god we're going to another brand new place to meet another whole race of undersea creatures crazy also on Blu-ray DVD Stan and Ollie and on Digital HD also Stan and Ollie as well as On the Basis of Sex which is the Ruth Bader Ginsburg not the documentary the fictional movie starring the lady from Rogue One A Dog's Way Home which was a sequel to that other dog movie a couple years ago that kids seemed to like and Welcome to Marwin that's the uh, Steve Carell movie that just tanked both critically and commercially and up next Jeff reviews Apollo 11 you're listening to The Couch Potatoes Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett, and I saw a stellar, actually interstellar, documentary this week called Apollo 11. The whole Apollo program was designed to get two Americans to the lunar surface and back again to Earth safely. The enormity of this event is something that only history will be able to judge. On July 16, 1969, Apollo 11 launched from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Four days later, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin became the first human beings to walk on the surface of the moon. It was one of the defining moments of modern history. Still probably the most amazing thing we've ever done as a species, frankly. I think we take it for granted. But I guarantee if you see this doc, you'll have a renewed appreciation for it. I was enthralled from beginning to end. It is sort of surprisingly gripping, given that they're Weren't really any problems with the mission. Everything went off without a hitch. The director, Todd Douglas Miller, took all of this old archived footage from NASA, film and audio, cut it all together to tell the story of the mission, and that's the hook. He only uses the archival footage. There are not interviews tying things together. There isn't even any narration. The closest thing he comes to in that regard is a little bit of Walter Cronkite at the beginning setting the scene prior to the launch with uh, news footage. And once the launch takes place, all the audio and video is exclusively from either on the spacecraft or in the main room at Mission Control in Houston. In that regard, there's some sort of grainy-sounding audio, but they cleaned it up really well, and by and large, you can easily hear what they're all saying. To NASA's credit, they did a great job documenting everything. Now... 
Why so much of this footage hasn't seen the light of day for 50 years is another story. I imagine much of it was simply classified through the Cold War so nobody could see it. And by the time it wasn't classified, NASA was onto shuttles and the space station, and they probably simply just didn't have a necessary reason to dredge it up. They are a group that looks to the future, of course, not the past. But now Miller's done all the dirty work for them, all the legwork. He's cleaned up the footage and organized it, and the result is amazing. There's even footage from the surface of the moon that's not been seen before, I don't think. Certainly not in this sort of condition. A lot of the audio can be sort of techno babble, but Miller throws up these little animations, just these little simple line drawings and stuff from time to time, explaining the different maneuvers that the ships involved are making, burning the engines for this reason or that, the docking procedure, the eagle landing on the surface of the moon and then taking off again. It's not all techno babble, though. There's a couple of laughs, even. The biggest coming when Buzz Aldrin descends from the Eagle to join Armstrong on the moon. He says, I'll try not to lock the door behind me, because they'd have been hooped something fierce if he did. Yeah. Not that there would be a lock on that door, I can't imagine. It was funny. I highly recommend seeing this on the biggest screen possible. The launch footage alone makes that worthwhile. And some of the stuff shot by Neil and Buzz on the surface of the moon as well. There are, of course, some limitations. Not a great shot of the eagle actually touching down on the moon because the camera was inside at the time and you can only sort of see a piece of the surface through a small window of the ship. Again, those things not designed with giant bay windows or anything. Honestly, though, they do a real time of the two minutes or so that leads to that touchdown, and it's the most suspenseful thing I've ever seen. Miller only uses footage from the source. He does add some music, which of course adds to the suspense. I would also recommend doing a double feature with last year's First Man, the Neil Armstrong biography starring Ryan Gosling. Learning a bit about the man certainly shaped my view of him while watching this. At the end, when he's leaving the quarantine after they land back on Earth, he walks by a podium, then stops to give a little brief statement to the press and it's the most Neil Armstrong statement ever and that makes sense if you've seen First Man. He smiles a lot when they get back but he's still all business when talking about it. It's kind of funny. It's kind of weird. It, uh, I also recommend watching Apollo 13 again. That's just a good space movie and if you've seen it a bunch like I have you'll actually recognize a few of the real life guys in Apollo 11. Deke Slater, Gene Kranz, of course Jim Lovell who was played by uh, Tom Hanks. He was also the backup commander for Apollo 11. If Neil Armstrong Strong had gotten sick at the last moment, Jim Lovell would have been the first man on the moon. In short, though, it's an astounding documentary. It's uh, now probably the definitive telling of the mission. I look forward to picking up the Blu-ray when it comes out. For now, though, if it is playing near you, go see it. If it's on a big screen, if they do like one showing of an IMAX in the afternoon or something, go to that. And because it's so good, I must bestow upon it the Couch Potatoes highest honor. Oh, my. Five couch cushions out of five, also known as... The sectional. The sectional, my God. Yes. I haven't heard that in a long time I on know. this show. But this is such a it's such a different theatrical experience than what we're so used to. It's it's a, just it's just amazing. I can't believe they did it and I'm so glad they did. There that is a movie that I want to see if if it's I gotta check the listings to make sure that it's still playing and uh, how to train your dragon three. Ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes for Apollo eleven. There's oh, one there jerk out there who decided to <laughs> Never happened. <coughs> Fascinating <laughs> shots of hundreds of scientists glued to rows of video terminals and switchboards are reduced to mere wallpaper. The work at hand remains a mystery, so oh says gosh. Richard Brody from The New Yorker. Uh, uh, what did he think they were going to explain space travel to a, a mass audience of I Joe Schmoes? How we'd never understand what they're talking about. I don't know, but watch for this movie to be in the mix come Oscar time. I know documentary yeah. isn't a category that we tend to make a big deal about, but... If this doesn't make it, then there's going to be some raised eyebrows, much like last year, how that Mr. Rogers documentary, yeah. which would be my neighbor, 
didn't get nominated. Which is insane. Yeah, it was good, and it should have been in the mix, yep. but it was not. This one likely, so far, the front runner for that category. Want to switch gears mm-hmm. and tell you about something that I watched recently. I think I watched it like three weeks ago now, and uh, I had to do something this week to erase the bad memories <laughs> of this one. It's an HBO limited series from last summer. It's called Sharp Objects. Objects, based on the 2006 book by Gillian Flynn, who also wrote Gone Girl. Amy Adams plays Camille Preaker, a reporter from St. Louis, sent to her hometown of Wind Gap, Missouri, to cover a murder. The supporting cast includes Chris Messina as a detective. I think I'm saying that right. Did you watch I the mini so. project? Uh, I watched part of it. I know who that guy is. Yeah. Okay. So weird seeing him in a serious role because I knew him primarily from the Mindy Project, which was a comedy. He was, I think he was also on the newsroom. Oh, yeah? yeah? Okay. Well, he's great in serious stuff. I've never seen him in a serious role. The best part of the cast, though, is Patricia Clarkson as Camille's mother, Adora, who is just a vile character. I hated her so much. Like, I don't know if I've ever hated a character as much as this. I probably have, but not in recent memory. Clarkson's just so perfect in this role. Rich, small-town royalty sits on a high horse, pretends to love everyone, but she's actually mean and hateful, and I hate her! (laughs) Now, while I didn't hate this show, I didn't really like it either. It just felt like it was building towards something, and it never really gets there. It's beautifully shot, beautifully edited, lots of these little sort of brief flashbacks, really quick cuts. It's it's quite artsy-fartsy, to put it plain. It's super artsy-fartsy, and that's a nice change of pace from your typical murder mystery show. But it's bleak and depressing. Not necessarily bad, but it's kind of boring and slow. That's bad. Oh, and I hated the ending. That's they, not good. There's a thing at like right in the... at like the, the show is over, for all intents and purposes, but then they throw something into the credits... Just And it's almost like a throwaway, but it changes everything. Ugh. And it just, I, I didn't like it. It, it, it turned me off. Most shows are about the journey, but if you if it's a murder mystery show, then they got to stick the landing. Yeah, and they just kind of throw it in as this afterthought. And it's meant to make you go, what? Oh, my God. But it just annoyed me so much. And I think it just annoyed me because that was the climax that they should have built towards. But instead, it's just this gotcha moment. And it just... It made me mad. Now, Sharp Objects, I think they were trying to sort of recapture the magic that they they caught when they got lightning in a bottle in 2017 when they had big little lies. And in fact, because I was so disappointed in Sharp Objects, I rewatched Big Little Lies, and I want to tell you about that again in a moment because Season 2 is on the way this summer. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes.
Brett McGarry, Jeff Brun, we are the Couch Potatoes. Just finished telling you how I watched HBO's Sharp Objects. I watched it on demand. If you subscribe to HBO or Crave TV, then you'll have access to it. And I got caught up on that because I meant to watch it, never got around to it. Limited series, eight episodes. And I was disappointed in it. It's good-ish, but it had a. I was personally very angry at the ending. And overall, I just thought it was kind of a dud. It had good parts, but... Generally speaking, it did not work for me. Now, Sharp Objects was kind of the the like-minded follow-up to 2017's smash hit award winner from HBO, Big Little Lies. Everybody wants to prove who's the richest. We're talking about viciously competitive people. And at the root of it was Madeline. Exactly how psychotic do you think I am? He's a lot younger than her. Celeste. She must be pretty, you know. So bad. We are so bad. Jane just didn't fit here. Thought it was nice for the nannies to get to know each other. Not a Jane is not a nanny. Kind of like a dirty old Prius parked outside of Barney's. She's a mom. She's young. Like you used to be. Now, Big Little Lies debuted, I believe it was February 2017, based on a book from 2014 by Leanne Moriarty. Moriarty! Oh my god. She's the bad guy. She's the bad guy, of course. (laughs) Sherlock Holmes. She did it. But, uh, so, I didn't watch that until, like, January of 2018, I think. And when I watched it, I loved it. Seven episodes, an amazing cast. Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, Zoe Kravitz, Shailene Woodley, uh, Laura Dern is in this. and Adam Scott. Adam Scott is in it. Uh, uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Right. Did I get that right? I always get the Skarsgårds mixed up. Is it? It's the son, not the dad. Yeah. And there's a third one. Yeah, there's actually, I think there's three Skarsgård brothers. There's at least two of them. Plus Stellan, the dad. Yeah. One of them's on the show Vikings that I like. One of them was on uh, True Blood and one of them's in It. So the guy from True Blood. Okay. That's right. So True Blood is the guy in this one. Okay. It. He's the he's It was in the Stephen King show uh, Oh, jeez. What was the name What's of the that? name of the town? Castle Rock. Thank you. And then uh, the other Skarsgård is Floki <laughs> in Vikings. I had no idea he was a Skarsgård. Anyway, so True Blood is in this one. Awesome cast. And this one it's a mystery as well. It's a murder mystery, but it's just so good. It's funny. It's sharp. It's also artsy-fartsy. Amazing music. Beautiful setting. It's set in Monterey, California. It's perfect. It is so good. It is excellent television. So if you ever find yourself thinking, I want to watch a limited series on HBO, do not watch Sharp Objects. Watch Big Little Lies. And I guess it's technically not limited because it's, it's based back. on the book, but it was so successful. It went on to win a pile of awards, including at the Emmys, yep. that they made a second season. And Meryl Streep is going to be in second season. Is going to be in the second season. As if it didn't have enough star power, they have the yeah. queen of Hollywood. I was sort of on the fence of it on that. So I think it's at the top of my list now. I'm definitely going to watch that first season before the second season comes out. And I've been worried that I've been missing out by not watching Sharp Objects, and I'm glad I don't have to watch No, that. don't <laughs> bother. Don't bother, but you're definitely missing out by not watching Big Little Lies. And like I said, it's only seven episodes, so it, it, it'll go with your binging skill. You'll do that in a Sunday right afternoon. On. Okay, uh, also uh, new on Netflix right now, it's out this weekend, a movie I'm very excited about. It could have happened to anybody, but it didn't. It happened to us. A new band is going to be something nobody's ever seen before. 
Oh my God, those are my pants. But they look so much better on me. That song, of course, is also in the Stranger Things Season 3 uh, trailer that we were listening to a little bit earlier today. But it's, of course, the Motley Crue biopic called The Dirt. We got a runaway, a kid drummer, an old man. Let's just play it. A cover band singer. They say you're going to be a rock star. What do you think? Holy The book The Dirt, Confessions of the World's Most Notorious Rock Band was published in 2001 and pretty much ever since then, Motley Crue has been trying to turn it into a movie. As far back as 2006, Paramount was set to make the movie with Larry Charles of Seinfeld, Entourage, and Borat fame set to direct. Things stalled out there. Nothing really got off the ground again until six years ago when Jeff Tremaine became involved to direct, but it still got stuck in development hell until 2017 when Netflix bought the rights. Ramsey Bolton of Games of Thro- Game of Thrones plays uh, the guitar player Mick Mars. Everyone else in the band is played by an unknown. Frankly, it's probably terrible, but Motley Crue fans are excited. I'm among them. Uh, Motley Crue was my first favorite band, if that makes sense. Also, first concert I saw when I was 14. So if you're into the crew at all, head over to Netflix and catch the dirt. Apparently, it's only 90 minutes long, too. Oh. So it won't take a lot of biopics go really long, but I guess I think Scott's like, that's the same thing happens to them over and over again with the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So it doesn't need to be that long. Before we get out of here, Jeff, I got to ask you because I'm on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I wanted yep. to see how Us is doing this weekend. Uh, 96% the new Jordan Peele movie. Cruel Intentions is on this list for movies opening this week. Not some remake, but like the original. I'm sick of sleeping with these insipid Manhattan debutantes. <laughs> Nothing shocks them anymore. Well, you can relax. I have a mission for you. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Phillippe and uh, Sarah, what's her name? Michelle Geller. I think Reese Witherspoon has a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes clout that we don't know about. Isn't it? It's the 20th or 25th anniversary. 20th. Uh, 20th. And I guess it's just a one-week only. They're putting it back in theaters to see if uh, anyone will go bite. I never saw it. Did you see it? I saw it a long time ago. Quite enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't know if it would hold up now, but I'd be curious to go back. It's weird that they think there's an audience, a theater audience for it. I guess for one week only, it's kind of a novelty thing. Yeah, why not? And in fact, next week we'll tell you about a movie that's making its way back into theaters, and oh. I am super pumped about it. It's my favorite movie. <laughs> that's all, and it's Keanu Reeves. That's all the time we've got. I'm Brady's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. <laughs>